That was great. Y'all can have a seat if you're a student. You're dismissed. Weldon, thank you. That uh, How many kids did you take to the lake this weekend? 14. How many did you bring back? That's, then that's a win. That's a good thing. If you just bring back the same number you took, then that's good. Uh, thank you so much. Bless you, my friend, for doing that. Um, good morning. Happy that y'all could be with us today. Um, I greet you in the name of my Savior. And um, our, our normal worship team is, I don't know that I'd ever use the word normal in a sentence with them, but the people that normally are behind me, uh, a lot of them are on vacation this week in, and, or this week. And um, anyway, Derek, thank you for stepping up and uh, leading us today. I love that song, that last song. I love them all, but that last song. Uh, praising my Savior all the day long. We, we, could, we could keep that at the forefront of our minds, couldn't we? Mm-hmm. I think so. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't hurt anybody any, would it? Well, it does beg the question that we're, we're going to touch on today. Um, this is my story and this is my song. I didn't know you were going to do that, that song. But uh, it does beg the question... When they have your funeral, what is it that they'll say was your story and your song? What is it that you'll be remembered for above all else? Um, will, will your love for the Lord Jesus and your proclamation through various means that you love him and that he loves you will that will that be what stands out uh, above all else i just that's a, that's a good that's a good reminder yeah, yeah. you good yeah okay, i want to pray for us okay. lord jesus we gather today because we are hungry we're thirsty we're empty we're uh Wounded and broken. Lord, thank you that you don't remember our sins and failures. But we do have sin and we do have failure. And we would like you to impact us today in fresh and real and lasting ways. So that we can leave here today being more confident than ever before of your love, your involvement in our lives, your commitment to our good. Please, God, do something real and fresh in each one of us, I pray today. Amen. Um, I want to talk to you about something today that... that uh, Actually, I had something else I was going to talk to talk about with y'all today, but last Sunday I was chatting with a lady after church or before church, I guess it was, and she said something that really impacted me in a in a very negative way. Actually, really bothered me, and uh, I just, I was thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it, and I said, "Well, dead gummit, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that next Sunday." Um, uh, I hear, and I bet you do too, 
um, bless you. <laughs> um, all the time. Admonitions and lessons and scoldings and rebukes and challenges related to different aspects of what it means to be a believer in Jesus and a follower of Jesus. Um, you, should, you and I should be wise or more wise. You and I should be more forgiving. We should be forgiving or we ought to be more forgiving. More holy, more merciful, more honest. We should be, um, I've almost given up, but believe it or not, there are people in this world, you'll never hear about them on the news, no matter what news you listen to, but there are people in this world that are people of character. Uh, that's almost uh, gone the way of the Sasquatch and the Loch Ness Monster, but, uh, but there are people that are people of character. But, you know, we're challenged as Christians that we should be people of character and integrity. But my question that I'd like for us to think about today or that Shirley and I are going to touch on is just the question of what about courage or bravery? I'm going to use those words. I realize that if you're a, 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 a you know, an academic scholar type person, you might be able to, to um, divide those two ideas into different things. But in my little brain... Uh, being courageous and being brave, surely they at least overlap. Yeah. Do you know any difference between those two? Would there be a distinction for you? Mm-mm-mm. I mean, off the top of my head, um, bravery would be at more perhaps active, whereas courage is a state of being. But I'd have to think that through. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, for today, let's just operate as if they are synonymous, or at least close to being synonymous. Um, I'm often told, often by my wife and my daughter in particular, um, that I should be more kind, more empathetic. Not more kind. You're very kind. More empathetic. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, something for God to work on in my life. Uh, my speeding and my empathy. Those are the two things I'm with the Lord's. The last frontiers, right? Um You'll but be I, empathetic before I, you stop speeding. I'm that's sure. true. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, if they'd get the speed limits right, then okay. I wouldn't have to worry about that. But <laughs> okay. anyway, uh, um, I'm told to be more kind, more empathetic, more gracious, more accepting, more forgiving. And then at the end of the day, we're all told that we should be more loving. That that, of all the things that we all ought to work on and be more uh, 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 excellent in, is our ability to love one another. Jesus says in John 13 that people will know that we are his followers if we have love one for another. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13 that there above all the qualities that God wants to put in our lives, love is the, the highest uh, of, of all qualities. But my thought today that I'd like for us to think about is that as I read the Bible through and I study the lives of the Bible heroes, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, 
Joseph, Moses, Joshua, you know, just keep going. Uh, Ruth and uh, David and Abigail and, you know, all the prophets. And then you get into the New Testament people. Of When I study the lives of the people in the Bible, it is interesting, I'll leave it at that, it's interesting to me that what stands out, think about the lives of, think of just think of five or six of your favorite Bible heroes. Whoever you, comes to your mind. New Testament, Old Testament, doesn't matter. But when you think about those five or six Bible heroes, does the does holiness, is that what stands out? Is wisdom, is that what stands out? Is uh, forgiveness, that's what stands What What stands out when you start thinking about the people that are in the Bible? I don't think of holiness. I don't think of forgiveness. There were some grudge-holding dudes in the, in the Bible. I don't think of uh, wisdom. Rarely did they act wise. That's not uh, uh, empathy. I don't see that. In fact, I'm still looking for that dude in the Bible. Who in the Bible did uh, would you say? Oh, that's an empathetic person. That's not the quality. I'm not saying those qualities aren't important. And I'm not saying that they're not there. But I want you to think. Just think today with me for a little while. What quality? jumps off the page when I study the lives of the Bible heroes is not wisdom, love, empathy, holiness. That's not what jumps off the page. What jumps off the page when I study the Bible heroes is they were almost to a person. There are exceptions, but by definition, they're the exceptions. What is the... what? Quality links the majority of those people to Bible in the, together is courage. The Bible is filled with people who were broken, damaged, messed up knuckleheads. Reminds me of me. But what? But where the? similarities between the Bible heroes and me where that ends the overwhelming majority of those people were people of courage they were they were courageous people it seems to me that when God created a job application for people to fill out for consideration to be on his team. The quality that seems to be at the top of God's list. Eh, you, you're, you're, you're not so holy, you're not so forgiving, you got an anger problem, you, 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 you mess up with the women, you, you, you don't do real good with your finances, we can work with that. Oh, you're a coward. Need to look for another job. The job app that I'm that I've got, it demands that we be or that you be courageous. 
far above skill, intelligence, infallibility, holiness, is the quality in the lives of God's favorite favorites being people of courage. I think of, just run through the list with me real quickly. Noah. You know, I, I, I love Shark Tank. And one of the things that if you watch Shark Tank a lot, one of the things they say all the time is, find a need and meet that need and you'll become a millionaire. Just find a need, identify a need, meet that need and you'll become a millionaire. Well, if you, that, I'm not saying that doesn't work. But that was the opposite. Noah, God gave Noah a job, but it was a hundred years before the need arose. No one, no one had ever seen it rain. For a hundred years, he was building something that no one could possibly grasp. That's going to really come in handy one day. But it was a hundred years before that happened. Think of the courage that Noah had to um, have the comments from his family, both immediate and extended family, his neighbors, the people in his community. Think of what he had to endure reputation-wise for a hundred years. I would say that was a very courageous person. I think of Abraham and Sarah. Their parents, their brothers, their siblings, their friends, their, their extended families, their neighbors stopped by and they're boxing stuff up. What, what, what you doing? Oh, we're moving. Where are you moving to? We're not even sure. But God told us we're supposed to move. Well, no, that ain't right. You're not supposed to move. Family sticks together. We stick together. We stay close. What are you going to do when you get? We don't know. The courage that it would have told. We won't go on a vacation without more props and helps and planning and reservations and guarantees and confirmations and maps. We won't go on a vacation without more than what Abraham and Sarah had, and they were moving their lives. And to move culturally in that day was incredibly dangerous. It made you incredibly vulnerable. And I could go on and on about Rahab giving shelter to those spies at Jericho. Deborah being a, the, stepping up and, and leading the army of Israel when women did not do that. Ruth, again, leaving her family and society and culture and land to go to a new land to help Naomi. You know, David, of course, and Goliath and standing up uh, to Saul and, and, and on and on and on. Abigail, when, her, when, when she went to David and said, please don't kill the people in my family. Please don't kill them. When... How courageous it would have been for her to do that. Daniel and the three Hebrew buddies of his. Esther. Think of the mother of Jesus. We 
don't know that Mary was wise. We don't know that she was holy. Now, we want to think that, and she probably was. But we don't know that. We don't know what we know about Mary. Was she empathetic? Was she, you know, we don't know. We don't know about all these things. What we know is that here is a 14 or 15 year old little girl who knows that when she hears God say that I've got a job for you, young lady, the acceptance of that job was going to cost her everything that she held dear. And she said, be it unto me, Lord, as you desire, as you will. If you think about Mary, depending on which gospel you read, um, but even, if, even in all four, it's not disputed. She, when, the, when the angel came to her and told her, you're going to give birth to a, a baby, think about this. She asked one question. How many questions would we ask? She asked one. And that question was biological. How can this be? It wasn't, she was a, it wasn't she was a spiritual a, yeah. question. She was a woman of courage. I mean, this is a, this is a 14 or 15 year old little girl who is displaying courage that I can't even imagine having myself as a 62-year-old grown, grown man. And then the list goes on and on. John the Baptist, Stephen, the Apostle Paul, and on and on and on. I mean, these, do you see my point? We don't know about the character qualities that these people possessed, many of them, and the ones we do know about, most of the qualities aren't good. But these were people that were linked together by their... These are courageous people. Those of you that come to our church regularly, you know that one of my mantras is, I find it incredibly significant that the number one command in the Bible, number two is so far back on the list that you can't really even see it. Just by sheer numbers of times it's mentioned. Number one command in the Bible. Do not fear, or fear not. Isn't do not fear or fear not, isn't that just the backside of be courageous? Be brave. Do not fear. Well, what, what does that look like? Well, it means be brave. I find it so significant that the number one command in the Bible isn't do not lie. Do not steal. Do not cuss. Don't. Commit adultery. Don't murder. Uh, don't hate. Those are all very important, good things. I'm not. I'm not promoting any of those. I, but we shouldn't do any of those. But though, but overwhelmingly, not even a close second, is God's consistent command: Don't fear. Be courageous. Be brave. Listen to some verses. Joshua 1. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you. Isaiah chapter 8. The Lord declares unto you, don't act like other people. Don't fear or dread what other people fear or dread. Or don't fear what they fear, don't dread what they dread. Jesus says in Luke 12, 
Don't fear, little flock, for it gives your Father great pleasure to give you His kingdom. Matthew 10, Jesus says, Don't fear people who can kill you. Fear the one who can destroy your body and your soul. And Solomon says in Proverbs 29, The fear of man is a snare to your soul. And yet, just try, it's hard, I know, but think about the last 100 thoughts, words, sentences, or conversations that you've had. How many of them did not involve the theme of fear? Stock market fear, Ukraine fear, Washington, D.C. fear, Republicans fear, Democrats fear, abortion fear, guns fear, neighborhood crime fear, your kids fear, your marriage fear, your job fear. What, what did you and I talk about, think about, the last 100 things that did not have as an underlying motivation, theme, or conclusion that was not directly related to fear. It seems like Christians... are defined and driven by fear just like everybody else. And yet God says in Isaiah, don't be like everybody else. Don't fear what other people fear. Other people are fearing all those things. And they should! But God says, you don't fear what they fear. You don't dread what they dread. I think that the sin in the Garden of Eden which you could, you could call it many things. But at the very least, you could, we could call that, well, you just don't understand my situation. That, you know, like, don't eat this. Yeah, but you, my situation is different. I think that applies here. I think that initial sin of trust, God to Adam and Eve, right? Trust me. I got this. Just don't touch that. Do not fear. Yeah, but, you know, look what just happened yesterday. Look what just happened last week. That thing. Whatever that is. Whatever that thing is. Keeps us locked up. The fear that I want us to think about today, there's many sources of fear, many focuses of fear. But what I'd like for us to think about today in particular is the fear of offending. The fear of disappointing. The fear of being misunderstood. The fear of being unliked. The fear of being labeled. The fear of being shunned. 
the fear of being, now there's a, there's a right word that I, I'm going to say the wrong word. You'll have to help me with that. Okay. Unaccepted. I think that's a Is that a word? word? Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. The fear of being, you, if, you were, if you believe that, or if you do that, you can't, you're no longer accepted by our group. Well, we call that cancel now, but it's the same okay. thing. Okay, well, whatever have you. Okay, we're, we've become a part that. of the cancel Canceled. group. Okay, yeah. Um, some of you will, uh, uh, Kate will probably remember this, and maybe Julia, but a few years ago, uh, there was this young lady. She was one of those, there was a handful of ladies that became famous singers, contemporary singers, but it's because they started out on the internet. And uh, Sarah Bareilles, y'all, some of y'all might remember. She, I love her music. And she, one of her uh, well-known songs, I don't know where she is now. She's sort of taking a break or something. But, uh, but uh, 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 she's doing fine. She was on, all the time. And uh, one of her songs was called Brave or Be Brave. And it was an incredible, I've listened to it a thousand times, not even exaggerating, probably a thousand times. And the, the, the point of the song was that I'm not brave. And I want to be brave. I want to have whatever that is, that, that strength, that, 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 makes me willing to stand up when I know something is right or wrong, good or bad, a value that that is that that I want to define me. Court, jury's out on whether it's there or not, but whatever that value that I, I'd like to think I had. I want to be brave. I want to stand up when it's difficult to do that. I sent y'all an email a couple days ago, or, or Justin did, about today's study, and I asked you to read that little passage, that chapter in 1 Kings 18 about Obadiah. This was a servant of the Lord, and the, you could go back and read 1 Kings 18. It's a little short chapter. But the point is, I like to get you to read passages that you probably have never read before. And uh, 1 Kings 8 is one of those chapters. And uh, the point of the story is simply that this guy named Obadiah was a faithful, devoted follower of the Lord, servant of the Lord, believer in the Lord, and he had lived his life trying his best to follow the Lord. And he had done some really amazing good deeds. Problem is, he had always been under the radar. He did things for the Lord, but he did them in a way that did not ruffle feathers or risk offense. And one day God sent Elijah, the prophet, to Obadiah. And he said, thanks for all you've done. boy, Good job. Now God wants you to go with a message to the king. And the king was the worst human being 
according to the Bible, that's ever lived. Dude named Ahab. He was a very, very, very bad person. No one any worse that's ever lived a part of the human race. And God wants you to go to the king with a message. And Obadiah says, if I do that, he's going to kill me. And God says, well, you go anyway. He didn't even actually say, I I don't remember if he said, ah, he won't kill you. He might have said it, but I can't remember that. What he said was, I want you to go with this message. And he said, "Uh, uh, Elijah, if I do, he'll kill me. And Elijah said, well, you go anyway. I can't remember if he said you won't be killed or not. But the point of that chapter for me, a a, a good reminder for me, is that that chapter teaches me that there are times when God wants us to do things that are very scary, very costly, very uncomfortable. And there and these things that God might ask you to do are things that will upset and disappoint others. Are we, do we understand that? And are we willing to accept that? That there will be times when God wants you to take a stand. I'm not telling you what that stand would be. But I am telling you according to God's word. That there will be times in the life of a serious follower of Jesus. See, we want to make the follower of Jesus sort of like, you know, this grandmother that goes and really on, a, on her worst day, she just made the wrong cookies. She should have been sugar cookies and they were chocolate chip cookies. Oh my gosh! I'm, you know, but, it, but she's still this sweet cookie-making you know, person that floats around doing good and, you know, on her worst day she made the wrong cookies. And that's what a good Christian ought to look like. And I think good Christians, especially good Christian grandmothers, ought to make good cookies. I mean, that's, that's a very nice thing. Yay. Uh, send some my way. I love cookies. Um, but according to Scripture, in this story in particular, and there's Many, 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 many others. There are times when God wants us to say and do things that are scary, uncomfortable, risky, unpleasant, and that will upset or disappoint other people. Are we okay with that? Well, real quickly, I'm going, to t- I'm going to run through this list with you. I found, I don't think I'll get to all six, so just forgive me, but we're going to do our best. I found six things that the Bible talks about related to courage or bravery. Six observations. Let me give them to you real quickly. First one is probably the most important. And I've already addressed it to some degree, and that is simply this. Do you and I understand that God created us by the fact that we possess His image? And then, especially if we're Christians, we now possess His nature. 
Not just His image. We're not just image bearers. If once we accept Christ as our Savior, we don't, we're not just image bearers of God. We are the people that possess the nature of God, the, the, the character of God. And that includes you and I being brave and not fearful. Fear is a part of us as fallen beings. But my new identity, my new calling, is one of bravery and courage. Uh, And what I mean by that, and you, you were talking to me about this the other day, some people would almost make courage a personality trait that some people are born with. Some people are just more brave than others. Some people are just more fearful than others. I don't know about all that, but what I never see in the Bible is any allowance for that. It might be true that some people are born more courageous and more fearful, but the Bible never gives you any extra credit for that. What the Bible says is, don't be fearful, be courageous. That is a part of the calling of God for your life. To be a man or a woman of courage. It's not a personality trait. It's not a quality that some people can just say, well, that's not one of my strong suits. Jesus, I mean, John says in 1 John 4, there is no fear in love. For perfect love cast out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. And Paul says in 2 Timothy 1, God has not given us a spirit of fear or hesitancy, but of power and love and self-discipline. God's call, God's will for your life, and hear me, God's call, God's will for your life and my life are at times to do things that are hard, that are uncomfortable, that are risky, that are difficult, and not just live lives where what we do are the things that are safe, fun, comfortable, and easy. I hear people all the time say, Hey, Lisa, come come with me down to a... Um, whatever, I'm not going to have done, but come with me and do this. You know, Larry, I would, but I'm not comfortable doing that. Let's go build a house in Juarez, Mexico. Mm, I'm not comfortable. What, excuse my French, what in the Sam Hill does that, what does that mean? What does that have to do with anything? I'm not comfortable. I, I'm not easy. That, that makes me uneasy. That's not, that's not in, within my comfort zone. What does that mean? That's not in my comfort zone. Let's go down and do this. Let's, whatever it might be, to stand up and speak difficult things. But I'm not comfortable doing that. That's outside of my comfort zone. God says that He wants us to be people that are brave. And that demands, at times, doing things that are hard, painful and uncomfortable. At times, God asks us to stand alone, do what's hard, do what's unpopular, do what will ultimately put you and I in a place of being misunderstood, 
Are we okay with that? Are we okay with that? Because God is. That's part of being brave. Just because I'm afraid, that doesn't mean God doesn't want me to do it. In fact, it might be the opposite. It might be that the very thing that I'm afraid of, going and asking forgiveness, going and making that right, going and helping that person when it scares the fire out of me, the very fact that I'm afraid or uncomfortable or I realize that it's going to be riskier at cost, that might be the very sign that it is of God. Number two, be sure that you and I are clear on this. Courage or bravery is nothing more than the determination to do what we know is right. It's not the absence of fear. It's just the determination that I'm going to do what's right. Even though I am afraid, courage is not the absence of fear. Nor is it a boldness that comes from being angry or afraid. Anybody can be courageous. Anybody can be bold when they're mad. Anybody can, 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 can stand up and speak their mind. And you know all that baloney. That Karen. You tell me about that Karen person. Uh, whatever you call it, that person. That acting like that Karen person or, well, I could give you many names for a guy. Yes, you can but, stop. Okay. But, uh, but anybody, can, anybody can be courageous when they're a rear end. Rear ends act courageous often. But it's not courage. That's not courage. Not biblical courage. It's not the determination to do right when it's scary. It's I'm mad. I'm selfish. I'm afraid. And so I'm going to bow up and jump up and make a scene. But that's not courage. Courage actually is nothing more than having more fear of damaging my relationship with God, disappointing God, than my fear of damaging my relationship with you or disappointing you. That's all courage is. Just my awareness that I'm going to make somebody sad. Who's it going to be? My Savior or this person? So Joshua says in chapter 24, choose who you will serve, but me and mine we will serve the Lord. Daniel and his three buddies in front of a lion's den and a fiery furnace. O king, you, you can decide what you think's right and wrong. You can do what you will. But I am going to pray because God told me to pray. I'm not going to bow because God told me not to bow. Now you can do what you will. They, they loved, believe it or not, they loved, both those, all four of those men loved Nebuchadnezzar. They wanted him to succeed. They wanted to please him. But when they were put into a choice or a place where they had to choose between pleasing God or pleasing their king, they chose. And they were courageous for doing so. And you see it in the New Testament as well. 
Number three. I'm sorry. I think it's sorry. important that those guys, uh, Daniel and Shadrach and all the other people he's talking about, did these courageous things not in anger. I do think that's a very important point. It's, it's huge. It wasn't like, okay, Nebuchadnezzar, you know, take this. It wasn't that. Nobody no, wants to be thrown in the, do- in the lion's right. den. That's a huge, thank you, thank you, thank you. There was a willful consideration of what is right. And they did what was right. It wasn't, the people in the Bible, in fact, I'm trying to think of an example that would be the exception. When, when they, all the people that I mentioned in the Bible that were courageous, that were brave, none of them, they did not do what they did because of, they were angry or afraid. They weren't just, when they got, so, I, 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 I can st- I, I've done all I can stand and I can stand no more. Watch out, here I come. That's not courage. I think this is an important message for this moment. These people were, they, they were thoughtful. They thought about it. They, they, they evaluated it. They considered it. In many situations, they considered, they got counsel. And then they made the decision that they believed was of God and let the chips fall. Anything else you wanted to? We live in a world where we are told regularly to be quiet, get in line, don't make waves, don't offend, don't upset. That is not God's voice. I'm not going to tell you whose voice it is. I'll let you decide that. But that's not God's voice. And both sides of the aisle are telling you and I that every day. Get in line. Don't make waves. And yes, there is a very powerful truth, corollary truth, that we should be meek and wise and discerning and respond to difficult situations with respect and grace and kindness and love. And at times, the most wise and gracious thing that we could do is be quiet. Proverbs 17, the last two or three verses, says that a wise person is very cautious and discerning with his words and at times recognizes that the best thing he could say is nothing. At least not right then. That is true. I would also add that there's a... What I'm talking about today is biblical courage. I'm not talking about other things. And therefore, it is important for us to be reminded that there is a big distinction between standing up for and declaring that which is important to God and that which is important to me. They're not not the same thing. 
most of the time, they're not the same thing. I mean, God and me, those are not the same. <laughs> my opinions, my values, my political beliefs, my generational values, my cultural priorities, my religious beliefs. Put all that over in another category. Should I stand up and... I don't know. Don't care. But when it comes to what God says... Well, how do I know if it's important to God? He normally writes it down. He wrote it down. And if it's important to God, then am I willing to be bold and courageous and brave even when I'm uncomfortable and, and, and it's risky and uncomfortable. God has called us, folks, to proclaim and defend the gospel. The gospel, the death, the message of God's love that was manifested and proven by the sending of His Son to die, be buried, and rise again from the grave to pay for your sin and my sin so that we could be adopted into God's family. That is the only real message that matters to God. And the broader I make the message of God, the more dangerous it gets. The more deluded it becomes. And when I start including your and my political beliefs, shame on us. When I start including cultural things, generational things, uh, 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 yeah, the gospel is offensive enough. We don't need to make it more offensive than it is by throwing in. Uh, what What do you believe about gun control? It makes us fragile. I see it in having been a teacher for a long time. That 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 language it's it's thin. And so it makes it so that if we don't agree on every single thing, when has that ever been true in the history of man? We don't agree on every single thing. I'm done with you. Yes. That is not the gospel. Gospel is strong. It is the word. It isn't sin. No. Is there a quality that should be more foreign to those that are the habitation of God himself? than the quality of being thin, being weak, being fragile. I can't handle it. I can't, I'm so overwhelmed and stressed. And You're the habitation of God and you're overwhelmed and stressed? Wow. Wow. Number four, courage produces courage. There are people in my life and there are people in your life 
who are dying to see somebody stand up for what's right. And if we do it, they'll do it. But they won't do it until they see us do it. Is that fair? Probably not. It's just true. Our kids, our mates, our co-workers, our neighbors, our friends, there are people in your life and in my life, they are waiting to see somebody at the coffee pot, where the, where the coffee people are, where you gather for the coffee, <laughs> talking? Coffee pot. Coffee pot. Okay, gathering at the coffee pot or at the bar or at the swimming pool or at the, na- the, the fingernail painting place or whatever it is. Um, there are people that are dying. They will hear conversations. They will see things and they will not do a thing. Until you do. And then for you to stand up and go, I don't want to participate in that conversation. Or I think that's wrong. Or I think that's good. Whatever. I'm not, I'm not giving you the categories. What I'm saying is, when you do it or I do it, all of a sudden somebody go, well, I agree with that. Billy Graham said this, Courage is contagious. Take a stand and the spines of others will stiffen. But somebody says something off color, something de- degrading, something ungodly, and we just sit there in silence because we don't want to make waves. Or somebody invites us to something, and we've got to go. Do you think God wants you to go to that? Well, they invited me to go to this thing on Sunday morning, so I have to go. Where do you think God wants you to be on Sunday morning? Well, you know, I don't want to offend them. I might be excluded. They might talk about me if I don't go. Okay? Courage in the Bible also declares this. It's important for us to remember that the things in the lives of courageous people didn't often end well. Ask John the Baptist. Ask Stephen. Ask um, Elijah. I think he was the one that was sawed in two. Yes, there's a song, in fact, Derek, we sang last week that I love, but the theology, eh, because it said, it was true. It said, when we go through the fire, we won't be burned. Right? Amen! That's a reference to uh, uh, da- uh, no. Shadrach. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But you know, a lot of the time people went through fire because they were courageous and they were burnt to a crisp. Just because we're courageous doesn't mean in this life it's going to always end well. We will suffer. We will experience problems. But God sees, God remembers, and God will reward. Okay, we're out of time. Dang it. We're coming back. I know. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe the trumpet will sound. And some of y'all will go with me. But, uh... um, I'll end with this verse. 
I love this verse. In Judges chapter 6, one of the most courageous slash fearful people in the Bible was a dude named Gideon. He was terrified. But he was also courageous. Because he went on and did what he knew God wanted him to do even though he was scared to death. And God said, Gideon, I want you to take a little handful of men and I want you to lead them into battle against this huge army. And if you'll do it, I'm going to give you a great victory. And Gideon said, God, I'm terrified. Please don't make me do this. I don't want to do it. I don't feel comfortable. It's not in my, you know, it's not, I'm not a whatever number. I'm, not, I'm a two, not a seven. So that means, I don't even know that, what the numbers mean, but, but the, whatever number I am, that does not include charging into battle. He's talking about Enneagram. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not, my Enneagram doesn't let me charge into battle. All these things. And God said, well, you go anyway. And then this is what God told Gideon. Gideon, go on and go in the strength that you have. I love that. Gideon, I know you're terrified. I know this is risky. I know you're uncomfortable. But go on and go in the strength. See, we will, God, give me more courage. God, make me more brave. And I want Him to. And I pray for that all the time because that is a real battle for me. I am not a courageous person. I'm not a brave person. I struggle with fear. And I pray all the time for God. Make That's why I love that dead gum song of Sarah Bareilles. I want to be brave. And I'm not. I'm scared to death. But God doesn't tell Gideon, I'll give you more courage. What he says is, Gideon, you go in the courage you have. And it'll all work out. It'll all work out. Don't wait for a courageous feeling. Go in the courage you have. Anything else, friend? Thank you. Um, hold on one second here. How did I do that? Yeah. Dead gun it. Sorry, folks. Okay. That's what it is. Okay. Um. We're going to take the Lord's Supper. And um, if nothing else, let's take the Lord's Supper today just as an acknowledgement to God and to ourselves and to each other that courage is something that we need to be more committed to. to speaking and doing what we know is right, even when we're uncomfortable and afraid and when it's risky and when we know it's going to make other people mad. Surely that is a need in your life. It is a need in my life. 
And I just, I'm, I'm going to take the Lord's Supper today just as a way of declaring to God, I know it's a need in my life. And I, I need help. Um, when, when, uh, uh, tell me y'all's names again. Vicki and Abel. Abel, okay. Vicki and Abel are here today as guests of our church, and we're so happy that you, where are y'all from? Dallas, Texas. Of course y'all. Uh, it's a great city. My wife and I lived there for a couple of years. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, several, two years, yeah. Um, they're here as so many families come to Memphis uh, because they have a little daughter who is uh, uh, involved at St. Jude. And um, I just, when you come and get the Lord's Supper, uh, you can go back and have a seat and uh, pray and um, do business with God. But if you feel so inclined... I want to just invite you to go by and put your hand on their back, their arm, and uh, just say a, 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 a prayer, a word of prayer. You don't have to say anything to them. You're not talking to them. Uh, if they could fix this themselves, they would. So who I want you to talk to is the one who can fix it. And so just, just pray a, a, a prayer of, of blessing and healing in the life of their little girl and Wisdom and skill for the doctors. And, um, uh, yeah, would you do that, please? That, that would be good. So you come and uh, eat and drink and remember and give thanks uh, for what the Lord Jesus did for you. Okay?